Hello and welcome back to another episode of Vikings Happy Hour, sponsored by Lake Monster Brewing, Eastside Jiu-Jitsu, and That's Badass Wood Art. Remember to use promo code CTPOCKET for 20% off any one item at thatsbadasswoodart.com and like and subscribe. Uh, we just we just got our 3,000th subscriber mile, so we picked a winner. Uh, we did a random generator through our subscriber list, and the winner is... Ben Danielson. Um, so Ben, congratulations. Thank you for subscribing to everybody who subscribed. Thank you. Uh, we're super grateful for you watching us and we're going to continue to, to hopefully, uh, do some more giveaways in the future. So, uh, stay tuned for those, but Ben, uh, I, I, I think I shot you a note on Twitter, uh, cause I saw you were out there. We need your address to send you that custom skull piece by that's badass wood art. So, uh, Miles and I are here this morning, bright and early. Uh, <laughs> we're recording this at 6 a.m. And uh, we thought we'd address some comments that we've seen in some of the uh, the YouTube videos we've posted, as well as the rumor yesterday um, circulating Vikings Twitter, which is that the Vikings were making calls about moving up very high in the draft for Bryce Young and I'll read the the exact quote here, Miles, and then I'll get your reaction. Um, Tom Pelissero was on the Pat McAfee show, and in talking about trading up for quarterbacks and the Vikings, he said those were all just draft rumors. Half of those are just completely wrong. A lot of the stuff with the Vikings trading up for quarterbacks was proven wrong. Will Levis was sitting there when the Vikings pick came in at twenty three, and they didn't take him. Pelissero did say though that they were making calls about moving up very high in the draft. But my understanding is that it was for one player, and that was Bryce Young, who ended up going number one. So there were, there went any possibility for Minnesota to go get him. What I mean, what do you think? This is kind of – to me, this reminds me of, like, when we heard about them wanting to move up for Justin Fields too. But they just didn't pull the trigger. How so? Like, elaborate on that a little bit more. Yeah, so like, because yeah, two different regimes. So I'll, I'll start. I'll start there. But there is this like continued sense that like there's going to be a new young quarterback for us to be rooting for. Um, in in the front office acknowledges that whether it was Rick and Zim, whether it is Quasey and Kevin O'Connell, and for fans who are thinking. It's Jaron Hall. I have news for you. It's not Jaron Hall. Um, well, there's like a very small chance. Yes, be Jaren sure, Hall. sure. The, Can't say it's not, but there's a very small chance. Yes. But uh, what do you think about the, the thought of them moving up potentially at one point or considering moving up for Bryce Young? Well, I think to the, the latter point of, of what Pel- Tom Pelissero said was the like Will Levis note. And I, you and I had kind of gotten some notes earlier in the heading into the draft that like Will Levis might just not be the guy that Vikings like. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think obviously it was made clear when they pass on him at 23. Um, but to be honest, it wasn't surprising in and all the things we had heard and talked about leading up to the draft with quarterbacks. If the Vikings were going to pull the trigger on a, on a quarterback early in the draft, it was going to be a, for a guy with, without, with accuracy was a big point. Um, what was it like? Poi. There's a, a few other things that Kevin O'Connell, I don't have it off the top of my head, but like obviously accuracy was a huge, 
a huge factor playing in that. off script was one playing off script and and some of those things that will levis doesn't it's not that he can't get to that point but i just don't think he fits some of the things that kevin o'connell is looking for in, a, in his future quarterback mm-hmm. to develop and i think it's made true into that that the vikings could have taken him at 23 without having to move up move back do anything they could have just taken him at 23 and made him yeah. their future quarterback and they chose not to well, and people I wanted to team, make that connection yeah. because of Kentucky, right? And, and, it, and well, Kevin exactly. O'Connell knows the coaches at Kentucky, Liam, so you'd have the book on Will Levis. Well, exactly. So Liam Cohen, he was the offensive coordinator for the Rams last year. He was on the Rams staff um, well, when Kevin O'Connell was there. So there's a connection there. Um, he was also – Liam Cohen was also the offensive coordinator in 2021 when Kevin O'Connell was in L.A. But with Will Levis. And so there's that connection, like him, McVay – Kevin O'Connell. So if anybody has the book on, on Will Levis is the Vikings because Kevin O'Connell's connection to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and that doesn't mean that that's the only reason they didn't take him. It doesn't mean that there was like huge red flags coming from like that side that were like, Oh, we, I just think it could be the, the type of player that they project Will Levis to be. And so that one was, was always like made sense to me and like why they didn't pull the trigger there. I think yeah. for me though, this new regime is different than the, the Spielman regime in that, I fully expect them to be aggressive whenever that time comes and the opportunity comes to go get that future quarterback. And I think people always look at it, well, they didn't do it, so that means they're not aggressive. It's like, no, you have to have the opportunity as well. Like you may be – like every team – most teams call to see what the what the cost would be to move up to, to do these things. But yep. it's also about having the right opportunity. And like you had said, it sounds like Bryce Young was that opportunity if he had come that they would have gone after. And obviously he went first overall – the Vikings weren't going to be able to move from 23 to one in any capacity, especially over the <laughs> the Panthers where they're moving from nine when the bears originally had that pick. So it's just, it's one of those situations. I, I fully expect the Vikings to be aggressive when that, when the time comes. And if Bryce Young was the only guy that they're moving up for, it surprises me a little bit. Um, but I think he's the one guy that has the full blend of accuracy um, playoff script maneuverability in the pocket like in that joe burrow style yeah obviously he's not as big as joe burrow but like i think bryce young has that style of play and i think that definitely is something that's not surprising to me that a kevin o'connell would covet when you look at what the Bengals are doing and with with joe burrow and what um their off their offense creator came from the rams as well so that type of player um kind of fits that that style so i could see why kevin o'connell really liked bryce young and obviously he's the best quarterback in this draft at least in my opinion so um, I could see that. And so I'm, to me, it excites me just in the simple fact that I think they're going to make a move to go get a guy, how they, cause I think everybody, everybody wants to make this about Kirk cousins. There's a shelf life with Kirk cousins, whether it's on Kirk cousins, whether it's on the Vikings, because we know of his age, that's the biggest part of it. And obviously contract factors in there as well, but 35 years old this year, he'll be 36 next year. Like that is only going to be a short term scenario and yeah. solution. Um, and that's, that's just because that's just a natural situation. It's not because the Vikings intentionally want to move on. I don't think it's because Kirk Cousins wants to intentionally leave or any of those things. I think there's just like this, that timing factor that that's hitting there. And so, um, for me, I think seeing the Vikings going after a Jaron Hall in the draft is, is great because they're like, okay, let's find out. Let's, let's at least find a guy that we think has some of the skill sets we covet, um, and see if we could develop in, him into something. Yeah. And if that's something is backup bridge starter, 
long-term starter, like we said at the top of the hour, <laughs> like top of the show, very unlikely, but you know, those are the best case scenarios. And so you kind of hope he can become something that someone that stays on your roster as a, a development of quarterback over the next few years. We've talked about it too, at least initially when Jaron Hall was drafted is that this is also an opportunity for Kevin O'Connell and his staff to teach a young quarterback because they haven't done it yet at least they've done it in their careers but like here in Minnesota collectively as one they have not done it so this is going to give them a little bit of an opportunity um I have to ask like do you think that next year I mean you don't want to get ahead of yourself but next year is supposed to be the cream of the crop when it comes to quarterback prospects when you have Caleb Williams you have Drake May uh, the Texas kid, e- is it Quinn Ewers or whatever? I can't Quinn remember. Ewers, yeah. Um, I even Bo Nix. Bo Nix is out there. Yeah. Is next year the year that this opportunity becomes, you know, reality for the Vikings? I mean, I would like to think so, um, just because of the timing. Um, again, I think if they can Which, get, by the I way, think... if it yeah. does happen... I think we should give you a round of applause on this show because I think for the past year and a half, you've always said it's going to be 2024. Like that's going to be the year that they go get that quarterback. Yeah. I think the timing was, I I think in an ideal situation and this might still happen, I think the Vikings would like Kirk to be here through 2024 and then kind of move. And obviously right now they can't come to an agreement where that was going to be the case because Kirk wanted that 2025 guarantee as well. And, Vikings weren't really budging. So I, I get both sides of the argument, right? Like, but at the end of the day, I think the 2024 time um, makes sense for where they're at. I think they want to continue to build this roster up so that when they do bring in a quarterback, it's not them having to continue to rebuild from scratch. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think over the last couple of years, they've been able to hopefully add that talent, that young talent to go with the the already established veterans that they have, like the Justin Jeffersons and um, Darisaw, Brian O'Neill. You know, those guys, right? Like they have Andrew Booth, Caleb Evans that we've talked about at nauseum, Lewisine, uh, Brian Asamoah. Like we have a lot of the names. It's just about can they like continue to grow and progress into a, into a stage where when you plug in that quarterback, which I think no matter what happens from a – like defensively, like I, I'm not worried because I think you could fill holes defensively. I think offensively, though, whenever they do plan on bringing that young quarterback in, whoever it ends up being, they're going to be in a – put into a really good situation because of the infrastructure that's been put in place already. Yeah. Um, and I think the Vikings are trying to make sure that they have that established continued infrastructure in place. And so like the Jordan Addison being added just helps that future quarterback as well. Yeah. Um, to go with Justin Jefferson, TJ Hawkinson, you know, all that, all that stuff. Right. And so, um, yes, I think 2024 makes the most sense now. Um, and I do, but I do, like I said earlier, I think, aggression is going to be something I don't think they're just going to like hope like again like we saw Will Levis fell to them at 23 they didn't take him yep it's not that they wouldn't take a quarterback they fell to them I think though they want to have that they're They're going to control their own destiny exactly it's not going to be a oh we hope somebody gets to us and we we hope the fifth best quarterback falls to us and I think they're like going to be like hey if we like a guy and we think he's the best quarterback whether it's in the draft or one of the top quarterbacks that they have conviction about I think they're going to be aggressive to go get that guy because they don't want it to be a question mm-hmm. or hope. They want it to be a, we made this decision because it's best for what we view moving forward. Yeah. And that's always been at least my, one of my favorite things about Kwesi thus far is 
We've seen it with TJ Hawkinson. We've seen it throughout the draft last year too. Um, and this year, he's not afraid to move and go get, get the guy that he wants. Yeah. Um, amid potential criticisms from, you know, media and fans look what he traded up to go get Andrew Booth, right? Like those types of situations, he was calculated, he was aggressive. And that's what I I like about him Uh, before we answer. Well, well, real quick. Yeah. And and the one part I'm curious about is does Quasey find a way to add 2024 draft capital? Like with a Dalvin Cook trade, with the Zadarius Smith trade. Yeah. Yeah. Daniel Hunt. We don't know about Daniel Hunter. I don't expect Daniel Hunter to be gone, but you know, those guys, those names are kind of out there. And, and still in question, and obviously maybe when June 1st hits, when their when their contracts can be spread out a little bit more, I think um, those could be things that we see the Vikings try to do. Kwesi's trying to stockpile. He he made a trade last and during the draft that got him a fifth-round pick in 2024, which isn't nothing. And I think I say that because I think they – I don't think they're going to uh, – comp picks, I don't – Yeah, I don't think I don't, they're, they're slated to get any at this point. No, be, because of some of the way – yeah, because Byron Murphy, Marcus Davenport, and those things, right? But I mean, it is what it is. Like that, they kind of knew that going in. Um, maybe Dalvin Tomlinson. I don't know. It doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter at the end of the day. Um, yeah. But I think they would like to get a, a little bit more ammo in that sense, so that it makes it easier to move up if they do want to do that. Because the one thing that's hard to do is like they can give up future capital. I don't think Quazy would be afraid to give up a 2025 first. No. Not at all. Whatever, all those like picks that it takes to, to usually move up high to go get a quarterback. I don't think Crazy's afraid to do it, but I think he would like to have additional ammo in the in his back pocket just to like lessen that burden long term. Yep. So that's kind of wanted to touch on. Yeah. Um. Before, one more thing, I was looking just in the sense that maybe this really truly is Kirk Cousins last year, and they and they can't reach a deal to cover twenty twenty four. I just took a glance at the free agent list for quarterbacks next off season, Ryan Tannehill, Jacoby Brissett, Mitchell Trubisky, Tyrod Taylor, Marcus Mariota, Sam Darnold, Jameis Winston. You probably don't want to go further down than that, but stop gaps <laughs> available. Um, yeah. I purposely cut it off at Baker Mayfield, so we didn't have to hear from Ryan, but I'll throw it in there. But yeah, potential options for stop gaps. If Jaron Hall doesn't develop the way they, they hope for a stop gap, um, or they can't reach a deal with Kirk Cousins. So um, something right. new we want to do here on Vikings Happy Hour and, and climbing the pocket in general is just try and get some comments from you guys. Uh, we we see you commenting in our, our videos, so we want to bring those up and kind of address them because we don't do a whole lot of live shows anymore. Um, so I pulled a few. Uh, they're very draft-centric because that's kind of where we've been the past few weeks. And uh, we'll start with this one. And the reason I picked this one is just to get Miles' reaction. Uh, it's Big Raylan Dad, which that's quite the name. But <laughs> uh, happy with everybody but Addison and gives a solid B grade. What do you think there, Miles? Because Addison is your guy. Yeah, no, I I think there's a lot of fans that wanted defense. And my guess is because he didn't want Addison. It would My guess would be he probably wanted a Deontay Banks or a defensive player. I can understand it. Um, we've talked quite a bit about on the show about yeah. why I think going offense was just such an important move and why I think getting a guy like Jordan Addison just fits this offense and where, where they can help grow a higher ceiling. And I don't, especially an impactful one and not that a defensive player can't, but I think wide receiver is just that much more important than mm-hmm. most other positions. And I, I think 
having having adding that pair receiver with Justin Jefferson is just so important. I think Addison kind of fits perfectly with what Kevin O'Connell wants to do, and you could see it and hear it from O'Connell. Oh, yeah. Yes. Um, in He's those excited. draft videos, like that that was their guy. Like what, whether it was Jackson, I think it was Jackson Smith and Jigba. Or it was Jordan Addison. I think those were their top two guys, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, just based off kind of what, you know, the way their offense runs, kind of what they want from that second receiver, all those things. I think those two fit the the best in what Kevin O'Connell wants to do. And so I think when they were able to get him at 23, it just it just made the most sense. Again, I understand why folks would be upset or wanted defense, though. Yeah. I see you kind of looking off screen. If you need to bounce, I can finish the show no, without you. I know what I know what I time just, of the morning it is for yeah, you. Yeah, I just know kids kids are getting up here and dogs <laughs> running around. It, uh, again, and and I'm sure there's an, in a, another comment about my kids. And I know I have my kids on the show. One thing I won't do is I won't apologize for like my family being on the show, but I will apologize for like not being on mute more in those situations. But like you'll see my kids on the show. That's just gonna happen. Like I'm a dad. Like that's just you know I, I won't apologize apologize for that, but. I'll, I'll make sure I'm on mute a little bit more. <laughs> I just apologize for your mic. That's all. I'll get one. I, I know. I just, I've been lazy. I, I swear I have one. I don't know. I'll get a new mic though. I promise. We had a couple more comments here. Uh, maybe I'll be wrong, but feel like Roy will be a rotational guy this year. And by the end of the year is playing more than guys like Tonga and Bullard. Maybe I'm too high on him, but think Flores coaches him to be a consistent snap to snap, which is his biggest issue and reason he didn't go a lot higher. I haven't, looked into Roy as much. I'm still on uh, Makai Blackman and Jay Ward. Um, but do you have any insight to to Jacqueline Roy? I, I messed it up. Jaqueline. Jaqueline Roy. And I yeah. even made a note on the last show that that's the pronunciation. <laughs> and I it's because it's 6 a.m. But No, it's all good. Um, I, I actually, in that situation, I hope that, that scenario plays out, right? Not just because you want that guy to be good, but I think the guys that he's battling out of, uh, yes. against and and Bullard and, and Tonga those guys are like short-term stopgap depth players and I mm-hmm. think Tonga was a breath of fresh air last year and in, in a defensive line that needed it but I don't think he's anybody that you're like he's a long-term solution for our defense he's not like that's just kind of the the like the lay of the land there and so as much as I like Tonga I just don't like he's not a guy you want to rely on long-term and yeah um, Roy is that type of player you hope can become a rotational consistent player for your defense. So I think in that scenario, I'm, I'm all for it. And I, I would love to see that because I think Roy has that versatility, which I think is why Brian Flores might've coveted him a little bit more is he yeah. has nose flexibility and that um, five eye, um, you know, uh, uh, not three tech, but def- defensive end in this defense type of flexibility. And so I think they like that. And I, I'm hoping he can develop that. And I know heading into 2022, he was a very, um, t- he was a highly touted, highly touted guy guy heading into the 2022 season. And, and obviously for this draft, I know some people had him as a first round mock draft early in the, like these, this time last year, we're saying potential first round pick and all that stuff. So obviously things change, but um, maybe there is that. Um, and maybe the Vikings see some of that ceiling out of him. Yeah. Yep. And, and I think the other thing too, I mean, if we can get anything out of this draft class, that's, that's fantastic, but still hoping to get some more out of even last year's too. For sure. Um, last comment here, and then we'll round this off. They said they're so-so on the draft, but wasn't really impressed with the quality of the draft to begin with, and then we didn't have quality picks to do. So we did okay by not using next year's draft picks to get any average this year. And I think that was a big thing you brought up even going into it. Um, you want to keep 
those picks for next year. And that's why you were so hyped even just to get the fifth rounder in 2024. And I think mm-hmm. it kind of revolves around what we talked about earlier, but it's having that ammo to potentially go and get aggressive and getting a quarterback of the future. 100%. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm not a fan of using future capital to move up unless you're doing it for a specific player. So I don't, as much as I like a Caleb Evans, I wasn't as big of a fan of giving up a future fourth last year, like this year and a fourth last year to go get him mm-hmm. again. I think a Caleb Evans could be a good player, but I think some of the, that type of strategy isn't something that I don't think crazy is going to want to do consistently, but I think if, and, and this year, especially when they only had five picks going in, I think not using future capital just to add was I think quality over quantity was an important aspect this year. And yep. I think they did a good job maneuvering the board as they did um, with as few picks as they did. So I was impressed by that. People may not like the picks that they, they came from it. I'm, I'm up in the air as well. I have a lot of questions about a lot of the picks as well, but um, I think the way they maneuvered the board with the little amount that they had, um, I think they, they did well. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. So uh, Miles, thank you for joining bright and early this morning uh, for the fans watching. Thank you. Please like, and subscribe. Uh, we're working on a Makai Blackman breakdown here coming soon. Uh, the Vikings have rookie minicamp this weekend. And so a lot more coverage coming up, is including Jason and Flip coming back on Thursday night with a show. So stay tuned. Until next time, Skull Vikings.